Welcome to Express Lunch, the podcast series that lets you get to know the real personalities of some of your favourite football players over a quick bite to eat during your lunch break. I'm Gordon Meredith, and today we're going back in time to the week leading up to round one when I caught up with the rising star of the Carlton Football Club, Jacob Wiedering. If you thought Jacob was cool, calm and collected on the field, well, he's certainly all those things off the field as well. Jacob is a well-mannered young gent that loves the simple things in life, but takes the task of being an AFL footballer very seriously. Over a couple of well-balanced salads, we discuss the pros and cons of playing for a prestigious club like Carlton, his goals for the 2017 season and beyond, and where he sees himself as a personality fit within the Carlton Football Club. We hope you join us as today's Express Lunch is ready for service. Possible. It's yep. the year of the tiger, and then you'll probably roll us on Thursday. We'll see what happens. And then, uh, and then we just then we'll start microwaving memberships again. I heard it. Um, my grandmother's a mad SEN listener, yep. so uh, is it a car grandma every weekend? Yeah. I think someone said that they're gonna if we win, they're gonna go out to his statue and put a car in front of Yeah. It's great to be a part of a big club. 
whether it's Carlton, Essen, Richmond, they've got big fan bases. And as soon as we get rolling and having more success, the support gets bigger and bigger. Membership goes from 50 to 70,000 and then we'll see what happens. And you're alright with the pressure on that? Obviously being a, a high uh, yeah, a high draft yeah. going to a massive club. I mean, we've got four number one draft picks at the club, so give our Murph and crew or five actually, Josh Fraser. This is the AFL head coach, yeah. so there's five there. I, I didn't look too much into it. Yeah. Um, you just you want to be picked up, you want to get drafted by an AFL club. I was lucky enough to stay in Melbourne. I went to a club that's situated in great position, great history. Um, made some good relationships early. Made some good inroads from a playing perspective. Played 20 games last year and respect, which helps. But um, yeah, I don't look at it as expectation or something hanging over my head because I came in with a big group of boys as well. So having a Silvani there helps, I think, that's for sure. Third generation, he'll take a bit of a spotlight off. But, um, I'll just keep developing. I'll, I'll just worry about what I can influence at the end of the day. And that's either stopping a bloke from picking plenty of goals on me or picking a few myself. So that's the way it is. And so... Is it, is it just a matter of like turning off that noise? Um, I suppose like the, the, the flip side of that, so obviously you've taken it pretty cruelly, the flip side is like a guy like Jack Watts, who had, again, like really, if, if you look at it objectively, he's done nothing wrong. Like he yeah. has, he's not, not, no, I know means a poor player, yeah. but obviously just that expectation and, and that. Well, I mean, I was a Melbourne supporter growing up, so yeah. I felt for everything that happened in Melbourne during that period of time, including Jack Watts. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, I mean, it might come down to the individual. The environment that I was placed in was, um, it had a great support mechanism yeah. for me. So, I, as you know, I'm really close to my family. Um, I'm from the Warrington Peninsula, so it's an hour and a bit out of town. I get down there as much as I can. I see my grandparents, my cousins, and my parents a lot. So, that's great for me to have them just to lean on when times are tough. But on the other side of things, the club itself, our draft was the start of a reset, so yeah. we had seven blokes come through in that draft. Uh, all obviously quite talented. Um, four first round draft picks helps, as I said, Jack helps as well. But a changeover of 28 players in the last two years, a new coach, a new game plan, and a new structure upstairs as well in terms of the management perspective. They've looked after us very well. Um, they'll play, they played us when our bodies were ready and we felt mentally ready. For me, that was round one. And the best learning you can get is in-game experience. And I was lucky to play 20 games. So, I'm 20 games into an AFL career that I hope to go as long as I can. Um, and it's just learning each game, both from an individual and team point of view. Hopefully this winning is as possible. So, again, I don't look too much into the expectations of it. It's only things that I can control and that's hopefully and was there much of a jump up between TAC and AFL? Yeah, definitely. So, TAC Cup's obviously great competition to obviously show off some young talent, but for me, I was quite a, a great mechanism again behind me. I had a, a, big, a big country back line was basically the Daniel Stingray's back line. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kieran Collins was 
we worked in tandem together, he helped me, I, I, I guess I helped him, but I was sort of able to roam free and take intercept marks and, and do what I wanted, so <laughs> AFL, it's more structured, yeah. obviously it's, it's a full-time occupation, so you're in, in the club non-stop, um, I don't watch football at all anymore, yeah. used to be a massive footy head, yeah. but now on the weekends it's all about... Yeah. If we do enough previewing and reviewing of games and our own footage, then I just don't need to watch any of it. It might be the opposition for the next week, but that's it. Yeah. So, um, but it's from a physical point of view as well. I ran 15Ks, I think, against Rio. Um, the midfielders obviously have to run a lot more, yeah. but key position, oh, I don't think any position on the ground you can hide at all yeah. anymore. So you've got to have a great tank. Physically, you've got to be as lean as possible. You've got to put the right stuff in your, in your mouth and you've got to live the lifestyle as well. And, uh, yeah, you can't shy away or cheat your way through anything. Uh, you've got to earn your spot and I guess earn the right to stay there as well. Uh, as I said, the learning environment at Carlton has been terrific. We've got a great group of older, more mature leaders. Kate Simpson's been terrific for me. Ross Gibbs, Mark Murphy, Sam Doherty, at 22, who's acting like a 30-year-old, still on a game so great people for me to, to wait on. Is the love of it still there? If, if there's such a massive, like obviously it's a massive jump from being yeah. footy head to being like, sure. I'm just, I just can't, I need to have some non-footy time. Yeah. Is think, that a big shot? Yeah, it's a, definitely, because each week you just want to be, especially when you're young, you just can't wait until school finishes on the Friday, yeah. and you play on your Sunday, you kick goals, you win matches and whatever, but it is a full-time job from Monday, to it's around 65 days a year, and, uh, no great, but I still love it, um, it's what I've always wanted to do. I think during pre-season, when you're not doing the stuff that you really want to be doing, and that's playing games, it, it gets hard, but you know that it's going to benefit you in the long run, so, and when the season comes around, that's when you really got to enjoy it. But then on the flip side, if you get injured and little things, well, there's always going to be bumps in the road, yeah. you just got to get past it. So that's when sometimes it can really hang over your head. But again, as I said, support mechanisms in place in modern day AFL, so what I'm hearing from older players, is a whole lot better now. Yeah. So it's good. And so, I suppose in terms of a career, do you plan it in your head like, like, I suppose, like, at your age, people are going to uni and they've been doing, like, five years from now and they're doing this. Do you have that same kind of goal-setting mechanism? Or is it very much like, let's just get through next week, let's just get through next week, let's just get through um, In my first year, it was all about day by day, week by week, <laughs> because you, you just want to hold your spot in the team, you want to yeah. perform. There is that sense of expectation and, and doing better than the person next to you and that sort of thing. But now that I've sort of had a year in the system, I've been able to settle down. I'm in a rental with a couple of the boys in the club, um, in Princess Hill, so it's a four minute walk in the club. Feeling much more relaxed about the environment I'm in and, and the way I'm living. So it's enabled me to look forward more into the future. I deferred study last year, so now full-time, well not full-time, so part-time studying, so doing one subject at Latrobe, which is great for me. Take my mind off football and obviously wake up the pen and actually do something. Yeah. Um, and then other things like looking at property, buying my first property, yeah. um, I want to get a dog. It's all little things in life that you're <laughs> starting to look forward to now, so it's more 
you, you do take it day by day, yeah. week by week, but you can have those dream goals, I guess. Yeah. Um, and for me, that is owning a dog and buying my first property this year, so that's what we're And what are you doing at uni? Uh, Bachelor of Commerce and International Relations. Yeah. Uh, a few of the boys call me a bit of a dork and a bit of a nerd. Yeah. I do like, at school, I did like that. Um, politics, humanities side of things, not good sports sciences and biology. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not really sure where that's going to leave me, past football or outside of football, so just keep the door open, I guess. So that's why I'm doing commerce and, and international labor, yeah. so it's all good fun. Do you have anyone in the club to bounce up? Like in terms of that stuff, like is there a guy that you can like sell up and be like, oh, did you read this this Greek classical novel? No, not, not really. <laughs> I'm a bit on my own there, a bit of a lone wolf. Um, Sam Doherty's one that uh, I said before, he's a 22 year old that acts and leads like a 30 year old tour on the game. Obviously, coming off a great year last year, uh, best and first winner for the club, Middle East, and obviously a backman as well. So. Obviously, formed a very good relationship with him, and uh, he's been one that I've drawn off for advice, whether it be uh, obviously inside football or, or about football or, or just about life. So, uh, yeah, he's probably one that I've bounced some ideas off, but I'm pretty much on my own there. And in the, in the shared house, how does that go? Because obviously, if you're only four minutes away from the training. There's not much escape from, from like Carlton. Yes. yes. How does that go in terms of? Because obviously, you see things like pre-season like the uh, North Melbourne was like the funniest one where that blow, like blows up as like a punch on real training. Yes. If that happens at training, and then you go home, so you're hanging out with the same blokes. Yeah. Like, how, how does that go with those? Like, it's pretty funny. We like. I guess it happens at all clubs, and there's blues here and there. But at yeah. the end of the day, we're all mates, and all clubs happen. We had a similar situation, I guess, and it was. Um, Actually, my roommate. It wasn't anything major. It was just yeah. a bit of a few jump punches. And, you, know, you, you go back and talk about it, have a bit of a laugh. And, um, but I guess living in a, in a share house, it's a good idea to start with. Yeah. And once you start really getting to know them, and you find their little, there's positives and negatives yeah, yeah. here and there. But with, like being clean, I guess, yeah. doing the dishes and cooking and that sort of thing, relying more on some people than others. But uh, no, it's been great. Uh, I'm obviously formed a really good relationship with them. They're both rookies. Yeah. Uh, one's an American and one's from WA, so yeah. from different parts of the country or in the world for that matter. So yeah, it's just good to get a bit of an insight and I guess meet their families and form a relationship with them as well. So uh, they're, all, they're good fellas. Yeah, you spend a lot of time with them, so you get to know them pretty well. Yeah. So it's been and how often do you get back home? Uh, last year it was twice a week minimum. Yeah. Uh, I love getting back to Lawrence and Finch, so yeah. you call it. Everyone calls their home. God's country, and I like it. Is. Um, I grew up in Morrison, played my junior football at Mount Martha. Uh, my parents reside in Balneering now, yeah. Red Hills, so it's wine country. Ten minutes to Western Port Bay, and the back beaches for all the surf. Yeah. And Twenty minutes to Port Phillip Bay for whatever else, really. Yeah. So, it's a lovely part of the world. All my friends, obviously, are still down there. Um, all my family, so my extended family, grandparents and cousins, they're all still down there as well. So it's good to get away from it all. Uh, don't get recognised too much, which is good. Um, yeah, home's home, so yeah, I'm a real homebody, so I love that. And would it, like, long term, would that be an option? Like, going, moving back home and then commuting to the club, or is it a bit too much? And... Yeah, 
as I said, I'll probably have more time to process and think about that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's definitely something that I want to do. Yeah. Um, everyone sort of, well, everyone knows about Torquay and Lawn and all those surf spots. Yes. Great holiday area. Um, and not too many people have realised how beautiful Flinders and Horsey and Sereno is. Yeah. So I'd love to head down there. I know uh, the Judd family have brought a property down there. Uh, Hamish McLaughlin, uh, I met recently, he's got, a, he's got a fair bit of land down there, so that's probably the dream, buy yeah. a bit of land and, uh, oh, I don't know, I don't know what to build on it yet, but yeah, it'll be close to the beach, great schools and great people, so we'll just see what happens, but I'll definitely head back down there, so probably not. On the outside, might look like a city, city boy, but on the inside, And so, are you allowed to do like country stuff? Like, are you allowed to go surfing? You allowed to go do what you want in those in those times off, or is it all like super regimented? Uh, in season, it's hard because you're just trying to get yourself right for the, for the next game. Yep. Um, prepare and recover, obviously. So, a lot of the boys surf. A lot of boys skateboard and do all their different hobbies. Um, for me, it is yeah, surfing and a bit of paddleboarding um, and just catching up with friends. So I don't do anything too extreme, which is probably good from yeah. a club's point of view. They, yeah. they don't like you doing anything skateboarding and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But uh, try and get down and do as much as that as possible. Get away from it all. Um, I do like doing it with friends, but if you can get away and just go out, yeah. the ocean. Or nature, for that matter, is one of the best places to do that. You mentioned before talking about bolts. Yep. Do you like? Is that because if you? Yeah, how's that? Like that coaching compare to your like tank up coaching and stuff? Do you think like that? That's like the new mold, like a te- like your teacher becoming more the coach model as opposed to like the old legend player. Yeah, yeah. Kind of I think um, yeah, it's obviously changing the the way we look at coaching. Yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah, it was once players former coaches uh, coming from Tasmania. He's a great state league player. Won league VNFs and premierships with North Hobart. Uh, but obviously coming from a teaching background, he's really good individuals um, and very good at teaching, obviously, uh, a larger group. So for me, coming through my first year and his first year, we built a great relationship. I was playing, which also helped. But, um, he's terrific at, at knowing the, the person outside of football as well and, and managing all that. So if you do at times as an individual or as a team need a day off, because for whatever reason they've run down or physically or mentally not there, he's more happy to accommodate and vice versa. Um, there's two way communication there between the coach and the player, and I think that's really healthy for a team that's building um, towards the friendship. I suppose I mentioned before you're a bit more of a thinker than say like I'm a club with this trend of well yeah a little bit with this trend of like individuals being able to speak more do you think do you see that as like a good thing in footy so I suppose like you had like last year with Danger for coming out saying like I want to be able to talk more about how I'm feeling about the sport or about yep. things in general do you see that do you see your generation being played to that in the future? Or do you prefer just to be like, no, I'll play footy and then get to talk about it? Yeah, well, uh, I think it comes down to the individual and how confident you are in the public eye, I guess. But I guess speaking out more and being more confident in how you're feeling and, and that sort of thing is really important. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 
it's a, it's a big part of it. Obviously, AFL is now a full-time job. It can get very stressful. Um, it's all about performance and winning games and playing well. So if that's not happening yeah. from a team or individual perspective, you do have to speak down. But there are other issues like um, the PA or anything that's going on externally, media-wise, or something's being said about it. Um, I think it's great, really. But I, again, as I said, it comes down to the individual and whether or not you feel comfortable doing that. So, but I think it'll be... Um, more and more regular yeah. um, this generation of players because of the way media is you can't hide anymore. Yeah. And on that, do you see that? Like, do you see more value in? So, like, I suppose, like, I can think what we're doing with like these social media enhancement that kind of stuff. Do you see that as? Like, do you think that that's more interesting? more beneficial than the current model. I suppose the reason why newspapers write what they write is because a lot of the time clubs just close the door. Yeah. And so then, if you, like, do you think, yeah, a more open door policy, it might be a bit scary for the clubs, but kind of like, you get better yeah. stories and you get kind of better news. Yeah, and, definitely. I'm a, obviously, I love American sports yeah. and the NFL and the NBA and the insight that the players and the teams give to the media is, at times a little bit absurd because you see them after a game they'll go straight into yeah. their locker and there'll be hot cameras on them and 10 reporters so and that can get stressful for the individual and then maybe the family and that sort of thing and, but that's I think that's a long way off for AFL but in terms of learning more about the, the person and the individual uh, as I said it's going to become easier for media and I guess the external population to to get to know people um, and players, and I think it's great for the game. Um, it's growing the game, it's growing the brand of the game, and yeah, I guess it makes things a little bit more exciting than oh, I reckon the AFL's probably had a period where um, it stayed sort of the same for 10, 15 years, which is, which is fine, but I think now it's, it's a real growth stage with technology and communication. Really exciting time now, so I don't know where it's going to head. I don't think many know where it's going to head, but hopefully, we can make it to a, a really popular sport, not just in Australia, but internationally as well. That's obviously what the AFL is trying to do. And I think it's really exciting. Do you see that similar tradition? Like, do you think the traditions will stay on that? So, I suppose at the moment, it's like another one thing about it, like one club players and yeah, club yeah. multi. Whereas the US model is players are essentially utilities that get traded when they need and want. Do you think we're going to head more in that direction or we're going to head just keep the traditions that kind of like pick and choose what they want from the bits? I think the best thing about Australia, we do it our own way. Yeah. So, I think we'll, we'll certainly take bits and pieces from different. Uh, not just the US, but yeah. different countries and different sports. I think we'll take little bits and pieces here and there and we'll mold it into the way we want to mold it. So, but I think, yeah, it's going to develop really fast. And obviously, I'm just starting out in my career and I've, I've asked Kate Simpson and a few of the older players what was it like when you first came in they were years of age and there was a lot of tradition and did this this way and, and whatever. So it'd be interesting to look back in 10, 12 years if that's how long my career spans out for what it was like and how to develop And is that something you kind of think about in terms of being remembered? Like do you have like a do you allow yourself to think about not so much what you want to do, that's not entirely up to you. Like you can't say I'm not in five premierships because that's not entirely in your control. But is there like a type of player you want to be remembered as or that kind of thing? 
probably haven't thought about it too much, but you look up to players like Nick Revolt, Matthew Pavlich, um, I mean, you look at Nick Revolt, he's, you, you think he's sort of finishing up, but the way he's playing football now at, at his age, it's been in five years, and same with Kate Simpson, uh, Matthew Pavlich had a great career, Luke Bodge, four-time premiership player, two-time North Smith, West. You can't get any more wide respect from again external. So, you dream and do you allow yourself to kind of plan for after football? By the moment, you're still kind of like pretty solid. Yeah, I guess study is a massive part of that. Yeah. Uh, property and setting yourself up, relationships with whether it's your partner or it's, it's certainly hard to, to look that far forward at the age of 18 or 20, but unfortunately, the way the industry is going and the average lifespan of an AFL footballer is slowly getting smaller, like US sports, you've got to plan pretty fast in the future. So, I mean, as I said, I know about what I can control and go from there.